What is it from your past that can help you make the future the best it can be? We're going to answer that question and so much more on this special edition of the Inside BS Show. Hey now, I'm Dave Lorenzo, the godfather of growth, and I'm here with my partner, Nikki G. Hi, Nicola. How are you today? Hi, Dave. Good morning. I'm great. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for asking. So, Nicola, we were talking the other day, and you and I were sitting around, and it was a great conversation because you were, I don't know if you were tired or what it was, but you were, it was an unguarded moment, and you were telling me all about your background, and it was like the most fascinating conversation. What can you share with the people who are listening and watching about your background? Think about all that stuff that we talked about the other night. What can you share with the folks who are listening and watching about your background that you think that you carry through today that helps you be effective at work and in your personal life? What is it about when you grew up in Western Pennsylvania that was really helpful to you? From that experience, that being my upbringing, I take with me humility. Humility is very big for me. I'm very confident and comfortable with who I am. And that comes with knowing what my strengths are, knowing what my value is, and also knowing what my limitations are. Knowing that I can continue and still do learn, grow, and reach out when I think I need help. Yeah, that's terrific. The conversation was so rich. One of the things that I fall back on constantly from growing up, you know, we grew up in a, a, a nice neighborhood, middle-class neighborhood. My parents both were uh, working pretty much my entire middle school and high school years, both working for IBM. So my dad worked for IBM for 40, 40, 40 years. My mom worked for IBM for 18 years. And one of the things that that has like burned into me, and by the way, I think part of the reason why I'm an entrepreneur today is because they worked in the corporate world for so long. That's a separate conversation. But one of the things that I think that kind of instilled in me was a sense of loyalty that, you know, my parents felt so grateful. This was a time when IBM offered fully paid benefits for people who worked there and their families, a fully funded pension. And IBM had for all of their employees memberships to get this to country clubs. They owned, IBM owned a country club in Poughkeepsie, New York, and they owned a country club upstate in Endicott, New York. And we lived in both places. IBM moved us around. So we lived in both of those places so we could go for free to those places and participate in all the activities they had there. I did sports there. They had all kinds of social activities. So my parents, when we were growing up, were incredibly loyal to IBM because that was what put food on the table and gave us all of the benefits that we had and provided some social activity as well. I took that loyalty to heart and for me, the way that kind of manifests itself today, these days, is in a connection to people and loyalty to people who have given me opportunity and to people who I've grown to really like and to really trust. And, you know, that's the reason why we've chosen, you and I have chosen the person that we're going to interview today because she has given us, I think, one of the best opportunities that I've had in my professional career. So 
Today, we're talking to Erica Buenaventura. She's the regional director for Provisors here in South Florida. And I personally am incredibly grateful to her for two things. I'm incredibly grateful to her that she picked me to be a group leader here in Miami. And she did that. It was a courageous decision on her part because, you know, she had gotten some advice that I can be, I guess, sometimes a little bit difficult, right? But she took a chance on me, and I'm grateful for that. And I'm also incredibly grateful that she introduced us. She brought you and I together, and our friendship is probably one of the greatest benefits, one of the greatest gifts I've received improvisers. Um, I am incredibly grateful to her for those two things. So I will always have an incredible amount of loyalty to Erica. She could rob a bank and I would drive the getaway car because uh, she's given me these two great opportunities. So please join me in welcoming the regional director for Provisors in South Florida, Erica Buenaventura, to the Inside BS Show. Erica, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Dave and Nicola. It is a true pleasure to be here with us today. All right. So, Erica, we are going to grill you. We're going to ask you all kinds of questions, and we're going to get deep into who Erica Buenaventura is. And the reason we're going to do that is because I've gotten to know you a little bit. Nicole has gotten to know you a little bit, and we want our Provisors members who are listening and watching the show, as well as people who are not in Provisors to get to know you because maybe they'll think about joining Provisors, especially here in South Florida. So the first thing I'd like you to do, Erica, for us is tell us a little bit about the job of a regional director. What does a regional director and Provisors do? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, first, I would like to start by talking about Provisors. So Provisors is a national community of over 8,000 senior level professionals. The primary focus of Provisors is attracting and retaining the highest quality members. So Provisors have been around for 36 years, since 1987. And right now we're going into a growing national community of trusted advisors. We consider ourselves an elite organization and we pride ourselves in bringing in the highest quality members to our groups. So our groups mature to about 35 members. This is when we see a lot of excitement in the room, a lot of collaboration, a lot of commerce being passed around. So we do invite specific members to our groups some of the members that we invite are attorneys. In fact, 65% of our members are attorneys. We also invite CPAs, financial service, and people from the bank industry, which is our four cornerstones. And then from there, we do invite other categories to um, insurance. We also invite HR, and we invite other business consultants to really mature the groups to 35, which is very rewarding. Now, my job as the regional director is to help grow the region, and I oversee all of the groups in South Florida. I manage group leaders and executive members to exceed group performance and quarterly reporting goals. I act as a strong collaborative 
to in connection to our group leaders to really create a community to create commerce and a quality member experience okay so how the heck did you find provisors i mean you were let me make sure i have your background right you were a sales executive at at&t and you ended up joining provisors when we launched here in south florida did they find you did you find them how did you come to be the regional director here because there was no region you started the region so i would like to tell you a story that really highlights my background and how i got to provisors so you said it prior to provisors i worked at at&t for 15 years and i held different leadership roles our CEO at AT&T had an initiative in 2013 to bring fiber to millions and millions of businesses. He called it the Project Velocity. So I was part of that initiative. I initiated that project. Not many people have heard about fiber. Uh, businesses were still using either Uvers or T1 or even copper services. So as a sales executive, part of my job was to spread the word about fiber through cold calling, uh, referrals, and building strong relationships. A huge part of my responsibility was to build my own book of business through networking and partnership. I developed and cultivated relationships with business owners, C-level executives, IT professionals, property managers, even AT&T techs, and I did this for many years. So based on that, and then also based on my strong background in sales, I was able to transition that to provisors. I had a very successful career. I always put my clients first. It was not about me. It always has to be, my mentality had to be about how do I help my clients? How do I help their business? And, you know, when I left in AT&T in 2021, I took some time off to be with my family. At the end of 2021, Karen Painter reached out to me via LinkedIn. You heard it right. She reached out to me via LinkedIn. And they were starting to expand. They wanted to expand to South Florida. So I met with HERD. I met with our COO. And I also met with our CEO. And based on my past work experience, it was the perfect fit for provisors to initiate here in South Florida. Provisors was expanding to a new market that I am familiar with. I was comfortable to lead a new region based on experience, based on my coaching skills, based on developing relationships and really motivating my members to see the potential that provisors had here in South Florida. So I really, it, was, it came to me naturally to develop new relationships. I did that for many years. And you know, it was something in my nature to do that. Putting my clients first and focusing in their business, how do I help them? 
was also very big. And as I mentioned, I have a strong background in sales and having all of these skills was so important to build a new region here in South Florida. So tell us, Erica, talk a little bit about the region that you have now, right? Provisors is organized in two different ways. I tell people this all the time. We've even talked about it on the show. Provisors is organized by what are called home groups and affinity groups, right? Home groups are organized by geography and... 90% of the home groups in the country have some sort of a number associated with them. NYC1, NYC2, Miami1, Miami2. Tell us about South Florida. Tell me all of the home groups that you have right now and, and tell us what's currently going on uh, in your world as far as developing those groups. Yeah. So Provisors expanded to South Florida in the beginning of 2022. So when we first opened, we had three groups. Since then, we have been able to grow to seven groups. We currently have four groups in Miami, two groups in Fort Lauderdale, and one group in Boca Raton. And this year, we're going to be expanding to West Palm Beach between the month of August and September. Um, the members of these groups are senior trusted advisors with at least 10 years experience in their field or more and each of them referred business to one another. Each group leader leads the meeting and they play a critical role in creating the magic that makes provisors special. Our group leaders are very passionate about our mission and have uh, the leadership organization and, and relationship skills to bring it to life in a way that's fun and meaningful to our members. So we create the structure and the, um, and the framework, and we relied on the group leaders to add the color, to add their personality. The culture in Provisors is getting to know the members of the group, of our community, to like them, to build that trust. And based on that, the referrals happen organically. We also support diversity, um, excuse me, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And here in South Florida, we have a big culture in diversity. We had a big Latin community. We also have the Jewish community and the Haitian community. So we welcome and we celebrate all type of diversity, all type of different cultures. So how do we meet? We meet once a month. 80% of my groups, they meet on Zoom and 20% they meet in person. Now, let me go back to the 80% on Zoom. The benefit of meeting on Zoom, it gives the members um, easy access and flexibility to be able to connect with other professionals that are like-minded individuals. But also I have members that they have clients all over the country. And this gives them an opportunity and benefit to be able to connect with so many members across the country. We have 22 regions improvisers. So having the virtual component, it is so important so that you can spread your wings 
and make those connections above and beyond from your local location. Now, the 20% that meet in person, they meet in person every quarter, but they go back to Zoom every month. So to sum it up, um, you know, I really have to highlight my group leaders because they have in, they invest their time, their dedication, and they work really hard to create strong groups and strong communities here in South Florida. Now, um, I also want to highlight a few of my groups. So Miami 3 is the largest group in the country with 55 members. Dave and his executive committee has really impacted me and I've learned so much from this group. They were able to grow their group in a period of six months. It was unbelievable. That never happened before. Dave is a great leader. He's a great delegator and really care about his members being successful. So this group was a team effort. Every member in Miami 3 really collaborated to the growth of the group. The other highlight uh, group is Miami 4. It is the second largest group in South Florida with 29 members in a period of four months. Maria, she's an amazing leader. Her leadership style is very respectful. She has a lot of focus and she also wants to take care of the members in her group. Now, Miami 2 is a group that has been already open nationally since May of 2022. So this year, they are experiencing member retention. And I really have to highlight this group because they've been able to keep up their member retention between 70 to 80% which is great for a networking organization. And Miami, Miami too has made really positive changes and they're doing so well. Now, last but not least, my latest group, which is Boca Raton, they're currently at 20 members and they're in, the, in their second formation month. Lenny is one of the hardest working person I know. He supports other groups. He's always looking for ways to help. And really his personality is great. So I'm very lucky to be able to talk about my groups and my group leaders. It's, it's a pride. Well, that's very, very nice. Thank you for saying all those nice things. And you you do have some exceptional people who are who are group leaders with you. You know, one of the things that I think uh, that made uh, our success in the region as well as the success you highlighted with Miami 3 possible is the fact that Nicola and I worked on it together that it was it was never a it was never a question that this wasn't this wasn't just me it was always a partnership between the two of us and it still is and it's even more than that now and you know she and I have gone into great detail about this on the show 
But I love to, especially because she doesn't like it. I love to just embarrass her and fall all over her because of the because that she brings out the best in me, and she brings out the best in all the members in our group. So, uh, you know, the way that I met Nicola and the way that uh, you and I connected was you you and I connected through uh, Provisors Corporate. I had been a member in Chicago, even though I lived here in South Florida, and you and I connected through Provisors Corporate, and you were concerned about making sure that I knew how to recruit and how to grow a group. So you did your homework, Erica, and you asked a lot of questions about growth, and you know, I was more than happy to share my thoughts and then Finally, when you made me a group leader, you said, okay, here's a list of, I think there was four or maybe five people. I think it was five people. And the list had like four men and one woman on it. And they all had different positions next to them. And you and I went through the list. And the last name that you shared with me was Nicola's name. And you said, there's a bankruptcy attorney. Well, she's a litigator, but she works in, she does work in bankruptcy. And she wants to be part of leadership of a new group. And I thought to myself, oh, great. You know, here's somebody who wants to be part of leadership. That This is just fantastic. I'm going to be starting this group and I'm going to have somebody who's going to be stepping all over me the entire time. And you were like, listen, just talk to her and talk to the rest of them. And everybody on the list was terrific. We ended up taking, I think we took, there, there actually there were five men. I think we took four out of the five people who are on the list who are men. And then I talked to Nicola. And as everybody who listens to the show and watches the show knows, I immediately there was an immediate connection there i knew that i could work with her um and then we started to recruit and you know for me you giving me the list and saying look just talk to them you don't have to take them if you don't like them i don't know if you were thinking i'll stick them in another group if this guy doesn't like them or you know i don't know if you thought you were going to convince me but all of them were great. We ended up, the, uh, the one person we didn't take, I think we didn't take him because there was an overlap with somebody else that I had recruited. So all of those folks were good. But the key person that you connected me with and the reason that I'm always going to be grateful to you was Nicola. So I want to bring Nicola in now and have her, um, you know, dig into kind of some more about provisors and your background. Nicola, what was what was your experience when you how did you first connect with Erica? How did you first get into Provisors? Uh, tell us a little bit about that and then uh, go ahead and ask Erica a couple of questions. Sure. So my first introduction to Provisors was an introduction made by an attorney here in the community to Gia Abreu O'Connor. And as you both know, Gia is an excellent attorney here in South Florida and the leader of Miami One, which was the first group that Erica worked to establish here and open and grow in the South Florida region. Once I spoke with Gia and she introduced me a little bit to Provisors, she said, you have to meet Erica Buenaventura, my regional director. And she almost immediately connected us after we had spoke. And so I, when I met Erica, I still remember the first meeting we had, which was by Zoom. And I remember you coming on and I was immediately hit with, this person is a Provisors expert. You really, came across as incredibly passionate about the work that you were doing for an organization that I was just hearing about at that point in time. 
And I thought, I want to get to know more about the organization because of the person on the other end of this conversation, because I immediately could see how passionate you were about the organization, which I'm, I'm grateful that you touched on here this morning because it really, it shows exactly what you do, Erica. So I'd like to begin by really understanding a little bit more about why it was ProVisors that you chose. You really helped us make the connection between your background and, and the work that you did with AT&T during really an, an, a pivotal moment for that company when they're, they're bringing fiber into South Florida. So tell us, what was it from the standpoint of the organization that really drew you to ProVisors rather than another organization? Yeah, so thank you, Nicola, for asking that. I really enjoy meeting people. I feel that when I'm having a conversation with them and really learning about their business, their background, it's just different ways where you can connect with someone. And I could either talk about my family, which is a great way to connect with someone, talk about similarities, you know, even um, passions that we have, and really connecting with someone one-on-one um, -on -one is so important, setting that first impression. But aside from that, helping professionals with the opportunity to grow their business, you know, grow their resources and better service their clients is very fulfilling. I know what it takes to build your own portfolio. I started from scratch, I made many mistakes, I learned from them, and giving the opportunity to help them with this amazing opportunity of being a member here in Provisors is really rewarding. That's great. So Erica, you mentioned Provisors National Reach. There are over 8,000 Provisors members today and counting as regions continue to develop. So I'd really like to know, you know, what was it for you? you? You have, let me back up a moment here. You have the fastest growing region in the United States for provisors. So what is it that you think has made you so successful as a regional director for provisors? Oh, wow. Uh, well, first of all, thank you. Thank you for even saying that. I have the right support of leaders right next to me that understand the value that we bring as an organization. And they also want South Florida to be successful. I'm a very self-driven person and I'm very passionate about what I do. And I think that it shows um, when I speak to the candidates, when I speak to someone about provisors, I have the ability to treat my members in a way that it will ensure they become long-term advocates of the organization. And I take a lot of pride in what I do. And I wanna do great things. So I'm very proud. I, I wanna be proud of the work that I'm doing. And you have done great things in this organization, Erica. So let me ask this, because of the great success you have had in growing the South Florida region, What's one piece of advice that you would give to a new regional director who is looking to grow their region as well and as quickly as you did? You know, I will say my advice will be, don't try to take on things by yourself. Every leader needs a support system. 
So I will say lean on your mentors, lean on your peers, and lean on your amazing community, on those existing members to help you grow the region with top-notch professionals. That's great advice, Erica. Erica, what's the most exciting part for you about this job? So, you know, um, I love this question, Nicola. I really do because I can I can go back and highlight my members, you, Dave. So having the opportunity to work with people like yourself, smart, successful, professionals is really rewarding and is truly an amazing opportunity. It helps me to grow personally and to grow professionally, which I think is so important when you are in a career. You wanna continue you know, um, growing. You wanna continue going up. So I feel that it is such a, a huge opportunity for me. Thank you for the kind remarks, Erica. Something else you do really well, Erica, is you balance a lot in your life. And so let, let me turn it over to Dave at this point and, and let him touch on some of these areas about how you balance your work and your life really well. Yeah, thanks, uh, Nikki G. I, you know, it's so hard to get used to saying that. So thanks, Nicola. Um, one of the things I, uh, I really uh, respect about you so much, Erica, is that you balance this job, which I, I totally understand how much pressure there is in this job. Plus, you, you balance that with being a mom, being a wife, and I've, I've spent some time with your husband, Nick. I, I spent some time with him again on Friday. He's a super nice guy, really, it seems like a really laid back guy. How do you get everything done? Because your kids are little, right? How, how old are your kids and how do you balance being a mom with taking phone calls from lunatic group leaders constantly throughout the course of the day? <laughs> uh you know, I, I feel very lucky to work for a company like Provisors. I feel value, I feel supported, and, and they really invest in the well-being of their employees. So balancing work and family is very manageable. I have two beautiful, kind, and hardworking kids. My daughter, she is 11, and my son is nine. I have built a routine that works for our family. Um, during the weekends, I do a lot of meal preps and I also focus on the house chores so that during the week, I can focus in my business. Now, <clears throat> I do get up really early too. I feel like when I get up early and it's nice and quiet, I feel like I get a lot more done so um, that's one of the things that I do that helps me to complete a lot of the task. And I have to give credit to my husband. He is my biggest supporter. And between him and I, we work as a team to raise our children. So, you know, having that help, it really makes a difference. I also wanna say, you know, I believe in God and having a relationship with him is important to me. Um, sometimes we have things that we cannot control and I just leave it to him. He's in charge. And I like that, that's great. Uh, go ahead, finish your answer, please. Yeah, and, and having me time, Dave, 
you know, um, it's a must when I'm, when I'm not working, I play volleyball, uh, for an adult league and in my community is, and it's one of my passions. Um, and then recently I started coaching a group of 10 year old kids in volleyball and, you know, giving back to the community is, is a nice experience and I get more time with my kids, which means I'm getting closer with them. And that's all about. That's fantastic. So the coaching your kids is wonderful, but dealing with the parents is really going to put that relationship with God to a test. I can promise you that having coached my kids for years, you know, Erica, it's funny. I, uh, so I've been working remote since, um, God, since like 2003, uh, since before I was an entrepreneur, I, I had a remote relationship with my boss and, I remember like the first four or five years of working remote when nobody else was working remote, you know, it felt a little weird to, to not like have personal interaction with a boss. I know your boss is all the way across the country in California. How do you like having a kind of a remote relationship with your boss? Do you, do you like it? Do you find it challenging? How do you make that work? Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I thought it, it was going to be a challenge, but I'm very lucky to have Karen as my boss. I haven't felt or experienced to be a challenge. We get a lot of FaceTime almost every week, sometimes even twice a week, and she's always available for me. She's super supportive and she trusts that I'm working really hard to build my region. And, you know, something that I'm also very grateful to her is that she is very open to feedback and, and me too, you know, I'm all, I'm an open book. I want to make sure that I'm asking the right questions and, you know, learning and growing because I feel like, you know, I continue to learn every day. So having her there, um, no matter what, whenever I can call her is it's, it's so great. Terrific. That's great. So, Nicola, I know you want to ask about uh, some of the some of the challenges with being uh, a regional director. And I know that you're pretty good at taking a deposition. So let's let's really dig in. Go ahead and uh, grill Erica about some of the difficulties, some of the challenges of being a regional director. Okay, I will not grill you, Erica, but I'm very <laughs> interested in some of the challenges that you do face as a regional director. So tell us at least what, what's one challenge that you faced in the time that you've been a regional director at ProVisors? Yeah, so learning from other regional directors' dynamics and culture, I feel like, you know, it, it could be a challenge, but I still find ways to support each other in a positive way. Now, South Florida has a specific culture than New York, than Chicago. So really respecting um, their, their ways of, um, you know, guiding their region is so important and really not stepping on anybody's toes. I'm glad that you mentioned the other regions and I'm really glad you mentioned a little bit earlier how the groups are comprised. You said there are 56 per sorry, 65% of attorneys within provisors groups. And then of course we have the other segments of the businesses that comprise those with that comes a lot of different personalities. So 
A question we would like to ask is how do you manage all of those different personalities in your job? Wow, I know. You know, some personality types are easy to work with. And, you know, I know that sometimes I'm going to come across those that are a little bit more challenging. So I invest my time to get to know my members. So I know and I understand who I'm working with. And I like to ask questions and really create a post, uh, positive environment in our community. Another thing about working with so they're volunteer leaders that you work with. And working with volunteer leaders comes with, I think, at least some challenges. Among them, we talked about managing, managing your leaders, your volunteer leaders. What about motivating your volunteer leaders? How do you motivate them? So I think it's important, um, Nicola, to establish a really clear communication early and, and set the right expectations of the role. Luckily for me, I work really well with people in different levels of the organization. And, you know, I think being there for my group leaders, showing them my support and providing them with feedback is really important and recognizing that's how I encourage them, recognizing um, and rewarding them, really highlighting and being grateful for everything that they do every day. That's great. And I know that comes through Erica and what you do. We'd like to know a little bit more about your background and what makes you so special in this space where you really do appreciate those around you and you're able to work so well with these group leaders and help develop them. So I'm going to turn it over to Dave to ask a little bit more about your background and what makes you so unique. You know, you two, you're, you're just too much. I, I mean, I got to say, like you're tiptoeing around. What you should have asked is how the hell do you deal with Dave Lorenzo? That's the question you should have asked. This guy's a freaking lunatic. I don't know how you're still saying how your hair hasn't fallen out. Because I got to tell you, the one thing that really got me like right here with Erica is when she, you know, she's so professional and she's always like, she's always following the rules and she's always extremely professional. The thing that motivated me the most as one of her more difficult group leaders, when we first started working together, I had to be probably the most difficult person that she had to deal with when we first started working together. The thing that won me over is when she told me, Hey Dave, listen, this is important to me and here's why. And when somebody says that to you, when they trust you enough to say, this is important to me personally, then I feel like, all right, there's no way I can let her down. She took a chance on me, you know? And that happened, I wanna say that happened probably, probably two or three weeks into, like you were still on your vacation, like in the south of France, Nicola, when I was sweating it out over here, uh, getting the first 12 people signed up. And, you know, I'm, I'm walking the dogs, like blowing off some steam uh, after making like seven recruiting calls at like nine in the morning. And I'm on the phone with Erica and Erica is like, Dave, listen, it's really, really important that we get to this number by this time. And here's the reason why. And she gives me like some provisor's corporate answer, right? And I'm like, right. I'm like, Erica, whatever. We're going to get there when we get there. And she's like, Dave, listen, it's important to me because. And then she gave me a personal reason. And Erica, you remember what I said to you? I said, okay, Erica, I got your back. We'll do it. Don't worry. Right? 
And so I got on the phone and I called the only, I think we had Steve, Steve was a member, Steve Klitzner was a member then and Russ was a member then. And I'm like, look, we got to find like five more people by the end of the month. And here's the reason why. Um, and then, you know, Nicola shows up and she's like, hey, you guys got 12 members already. That's fantastic. And by the end of the second month, we had like 25, 26 members because Nicola had brought in like 15 candidates to kind of to kind of, you know, bridge the gap to like, she, I think she felt a little between you and me, Eric, I think she felt a little competitive pressure there because, you know, we were you know, we were already so far ahead. So. Erica, I have to tell you, like you letting us in, you sharing what's important to you personally is so important, at least to me. And that's when I really started feeling like I can't let this person down. Like this person trusted me. And then you and I went to lunch months, months later, like probably six months later. And it was myself and another Provisors member at lunch with you. And you told us your personal story and then I thought, wow, what a great story, which really kind of showed me who you are as a person and why I wanted to really work hard to make sure that, you know, I delivered for you. So your personal background and your upbringing is one of the things that like really kind of drew me close to you personally. I'm curious if you think that your personal background, you know, your story, your personal story is one of the things that led you to be successful in your career before Provisors and has led you to the success you've had in Provisors so far. So, you know, if you're comfortable, would you tell us a little bit about, tell us the story that you told at lunch, uh, tell us how you grew up and explain how that's helped you be successful in your career. Yeah, um, wow, okay. So first of all, I'm originally from Peru. Um, I came here when I was very young and I'm from a city in Peru uh, called Lima. So I grew up in a family with four kids, including myself. Um, growing up in a big family was amazing. And I feel like I learned some important life lessons along the way. My parents married at a very young age and they started having kids right away. So the income in my home was very limited, but you know, my childhood, our childhood with my sisters, it was so much fun. My parents moved to the United States um, to give me and my sisters a better lifestyle. And first it was my parents, they came here and they left their four children in Peru. So you can imagine leaving your kids so that you can give them that opportunity, that much of a better lifestyle. You know, it was hard and I'm proud that they did it um, and that they didn't look back. Of course, as a parent, you know, it's super hard, but both of my parents worked really, really hard to provide for us. I saw them. I saw them working really hard. Sometimes they even work more than rested. Um, and you know, growing up not having everything, it really taught me to appreciate the little things in life. So some people may think like, you know, this this is just limitation for me, but to me, it pushed me to strive towards success. You know. Um, having, not having everything, 
it really pushed me to work hard, to stay focused. And that's, that's why I feel like I've been very successful. I've taken that and, you know, I turn it into something positive. Erica, that's an incredible story. Um, and it really speaks to not only, you know, what your parents had done and you watching that so that it motivated you later on in life to work hard, to achieve what you have, but also what you and your siblings were able to do. I mean, being in that circumstance really speaks to how strong you are and how resilient all of you are to be able to withstand that situation, learn from it and really grow and thrive here in the United States. It's, it's really incredible. Uh, so I have to ask now, you know, who was someone who's an early mentor for you um, that really had an influence on your career as it stands today? Yeah, um, so I had many mentors uh, growing up but the one that I like to highlight, it was um, this person in particular. It, at that time, he was my manager at AT&T. His name is Rod. I'm not gonna disclose his last name, um, but he taught me that a great leader does not tell you what to do, that it shows you how to do it. He took me under his wing and guided me through my career as a sales executive and regional manager. You know, he helped me develop great leadership and communication skills. Um, and he boosted me in a way that, it, you know, in a way that it, it was very respectful. He taught me to focus on, not to focus on, on the problems, but rather than solutions. And something I really admire about him is that he cared about the success of others, but I mean, really cares. And he always demonstrated integrity, uh, consistency, compassion, and very flexible. Those are a lot of excellent leadership qualities. I'm sure he would be really grateful if he heard that today. You are now in a role where you have the opportunity to train and develop leaders for each of the different groups in the South Florida region. Tell us about what you do to help develop and grow the group leaders in your region. Yeah, so when I am looking to identify a group leader for my region, I immediately look for a natural leader, somebody that's inspiring and passionate, that has an amazing energy and, and it's fun because we wanna make it fun. Um, and somebody that has great relationship skills um, and it's, it's a good listener because it's not all about you know what you can provide, right? But also like, what are the needs of those uh, members in our community? So somebody that's creative, um, you know, that wants to be supportive to the groups, I think is super important. That's great. So you, you've given us the insight into what you look for for these different leaders. So what is something that you give them that helps them succeed? Yeah, so I think it's very important. I go back to the listening part. Listening is going to be key because I don't want to miss out on their feedback to me, right? Um, sometimes it, that's really what, what it takes to be a good listener so that they know that I'm here for them. I also offer encouragement and support 
I mean, Dave can tell you, sometimes he calls me and we're on the phone for an hour, but I, I want to be there for him. I want to be there for my group leaders. Sometimes they want to um, just, um, you know, bend with someone. And I want to be that person that they can lean on whenever they need to. So that's important to me, but also helping them be organized. Anything that I can take off their plate, I want to be able to. I want to be able to provide them with the right tools so that they can be successful um, and also give them constructive feedback. I think that's also very important. Dave, I know you want to respond to this one, so I'll let, I'll let you go ahead and do so. <laughs> so I've been with my wife 21 years, okay? <laughs> She doesn't, she doesn't want to hear it from me anymore. So I call the two of you and talk to you for hours at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't tell you how grateful I am that both of you will still endure what I have to say for as long as I have to say it. So I am, uh, I'm quite thankful for that. You know, Erica, one of the, one of the other things I, I love about you I, of course, there's your background and how personally you take your work, but it's how competitive you are. I was I was talking to somebody else, improvisers, the other day, and they were asking me what it's like to work with you. And I said, there are two things that really, you know, I think motivate Erica to, you know, to be the success that she is and make our region as successful as as it is. One, she takes things personally, which is important. You want that. Uh, you want that in a leader because. All business is personal. When people say it's personal, it's not business, that's crap. All business is personal and you take it personally. The second thing is, and I said this to this person that I was talking to, Erica's really competitive. So, you know, one of the things about Erica, and I think the three of us actually share this, is Erica's not like Dave Lorenzo competitive. She's not gonna get in your face and, you know, tell you that, you know, she's gonna beat you. She's just gonna beat you and then you'll figure it out when you lose. So, you know, Erica, tell us how being a competitive person has helped you succeed in your career, but also, you know, fo focus on provisors. How has being competitive, you know, personally helped you be successful? Um, so, I've always been very, very competitive in a way to, um, to push myself to work harder and really accomplish accomplish those goals. I've always been, I feel like I've always been an overachiever in everything that I put my mind to. So being competitive, I feel like it keeps me on my toes and it helps me to be creative, uh, responsive and agile and Really what, what I love about being competitive is that I, I want it to be a healthy competition. I'm not necessarily competing against anyone. My favorite kind is competing with myself. I want to surpass my own goals and I don't want to lose the focus. So my peers that are doing well improvisers, I recognize their accomplishment and I'm happy for them. But when it comes to competitive, you know, I, I want to keep an eye on the future while uh, paying attention to what's happening today. So I'm going to say it for Erica, like Erica gave the that's the perfect answer. Oh, I want to be competitive with myself. We our region, we want to beat you. All right. South Florida, if you're listening to this, South Florida wants to beat you. So I don't care who you are. 
where you think you're going. South Florida wants to beat you. No matter what Erica says, we're coming and we're going to eat your lunch. There, Erica, I did it for you, okay? Erica didn't say it. Dave Lorenzo said it. So send me all your comments. Okay, so Erica, um, people often confuse competitive people with people who are ill-tempered, right? And I'm perhaps uh, a good example of oftentimes letting my competitive spirit get away from me. That never happens with you. How do you how do you balance being competitive with, you know, still being good natured and like you said, you don't stop, you never step on anybody's toes. So how do you balance being competitive with because you really are don't sleep on Erica. She really is competitive. She wants to beat you even though she won't say it. Um, how do you balance that with you know, still being good natured and, you know, cause I know you're looking at the numbers and if there's somebody ahead of you on that sheet, I know you're thinking to yourself, Oh, you know, we gotta, we gotta figure out what we're going to do next week to get three more people in the door so that we can be back at the top. How do you balance that with being good natured? Um, you know what it is, Dave, is that when you are a competitive person in life at work, even during activities, is it really comes through um, naturally. So I wanna be, I'm hungry. I wanna focus on the goal. Where are we going um, as far as like a community? And for me, you know, knowing that the harder I work, the harder I focus and, and really bring everyone together is really what's gonna get me there. And you're right. I do sometimes stay quiet. I don't say much, but that's because I'm working hard. That's really what it is. Okay. I'll accept that answer. But <laughs> you, you and I, you and I know we, we both, well, the three of us, we want to beat everybody. So it is what it is. We just got to deal with it. Um, you know, and one of the, so one of the most competitive people that you're going to meet improvisers is my partner here. So. What are your what are your thoughts on this? Like I just I'm you know I'm exhausted thinking to myself like I want to I want to jump out of my skin because I'm like you know we we really are good at this. We get in South Florida we know how to do provisors the right way. What are, what are your thoughts on this, Nicolo? Come on, bring me bring me back down to earth here. Keep me from uh, keep me from pissing everybody off on the show here. At this point, it's obvious the three of us are very competitive in life in general. But this really shows you how that can be effective for an organization. The three of us being competitive works well because it helps this region grow and it helps every professional that is a member of ProVisors expand their network. So we're really using this in a way that we recognize for all of us is positive for everyone around us. That's great competitive spirit. And sometimes you can't have that motivation, I don't think, without a level of competitiveness. Those who will kind of nudge the others around them to say, hey, let's do this. Like we can really be better than we are and you need others to get there. So I think competitiveness isn't necessarily negative and shouldn't be viewed that way because here you're seeing the fruits of all of this labor and our competitive spirit, which is to be recognized as the fastest growing region. So <laughs> let's let's go back to, to your goals, Erica. So we, we've talked about being competitive. We know this is not the last stop for you. Being the regional director, getting to where you want to be in the region. So tell us, what do you think, let's start with provisors. What do you think provisors will look like 24 months from now? 
Yeah. So my goal and my focus right now is expanding to West Palm Beach. And I really want to open two groups currently um, and growing it to three to four groups. I know there's a lot of business in West Palm Beach. So if we can mirror what we are doing in Miami in West Palm Beach, that will be great. We were able to grow five, excuse me, four groups in Miami in a period of about 12 to 13 months. And I have no doubt that I can do that and I can even do it better with the experience that I have today. And we know you can too. Well, what about the next five years? We talked about the, the 24 month plan. What about five years from now? What do you think that this region will look like? You know, I look at the other regions, Chicago being a great region, I think with 16 groups, 18 groups, uh, Boston, this is where I want to be or even greater than that, which I have no doubt that we can do that. This is how I see us growing to um, a, a place where people want to come, want to be part of and really understanding the value that it is going to give them um, being part of this organization. But personally, I also would like to continue developing my skills and knowledge in order to be able to take on more responsibility with the company. Erica, we've spoken about what's next for ProVisors in the next two years, in the next five years. What we'd like to know is what's next for you, whether it's professionally or personally. So yeah, so for me, um, professionally, I'm going to continue to grow um, and to learn from those that are already here, my peers, and to be able to continue to be successful in the region. Personally, I wanna to continue to be there for my children. They are my priority. My family is my priority. And being there and being involved is so important to me. Um, you know, I can think of so many things that I didn't do in the past, but I, I don't wanna focus on that. I wanna focus on to date, what the journey is today, what it brings to me, and then tomorrow, we'll worry about tomorrow later. That's great advice, Erica. All right, Erica, so let's pretend we just met, right? I just, I just met you now. We met, uh, we met at the gym, we met on the volleyball court, and I said, hey, Erica, tell me three things about yourself, not about what you do, not about your work, or not about your physical appearance. What three things would you tell me about yourself that would make me wanna get to know you better? I believe in myself. That's one of the things that I will tell you. But what I also will tell you, if you're on my side, you're going to be a winner. That's what I will tell you. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, you know, I treat others the way I want to be treated. And I look for things um, in so many ways and, and make sure that I bring positivity. So I look for positivity in all things. That's what I will tell you about me, Dave. Okay, great. Well, I, I can attest to that. You absolutely do. You absolutely have with me. All right. So now, Erica, you can take a deep breath. We're done quizzing you about yourself. <laughs> you now have a chance to ask us whatever questions you want. You can direct it to both of us or to either of us. Uh, take your best shot. What questions would you like to ask Nikki G and me? 
All right. So this question will be for both of you. Now, Dave, you have been an amazing partner and you have done so much here in Provisors in a very small amount of time. What did you see in Provisors that motivated you to reach out? So, uh, I mean, the story that I, I think, I, I don't know if you may have heard it, but I told it, um, I, I've told it in a couple of groups now. I joined Provisors in the middle of the pandemic when I, my, my business, from one day to the next, in the beginning of the pandemic, my business just evaporated. So uh, on March 20th, 2021, I went from, so March 19th, I had a great business, uh, borderline seven-figure business. March 20th, 2021, my business was down to like nothing. I think I think we had I think I we retained maybe 3 or 4 of my individual clients. So, you know, I was doing like $2500 a month, $3000 a month in revenue. So basically, we lopped off a zero uh from from the total amount of revenue from one day to the next. And one of the clients that ended up staying with me during that time and the this client said to me, "Look, I need you now more than ever." He said, I have to tell you, I have a couple of uh, I have a couple of people on my team who are members of this organization and they're, you know, they're continuing to get work. He said, this is March 2020. He said, we, we just got a referral this week. Uh, he said, we've gotten we got refer referrals in February when, you know, things were things were starting to look bleak. He said, and we're continuing to get referrals. He's, he said, it's coming from this group called Provisors. I said, Provisors, I never heard of it. He said, oh, you should check it out. He said, it's all, he's like, it's your people. He said, it's all professionals. So I did check it out. And I looked at, there was nothing here in South Florida. And I looked at New York. I looked at uh, Chicago. And because he was in Chicago and the other, you know, the other client, one of the, one of the other remaining clients that had stayed with me was in Chicago. I'm like, well, it makes sense for me to, for me to consider joining a group in Chicago. And then someone who, all three of us know Lisa Meredith was the regional director there. And I had to sell her on letting me become a member in Chicago when I lived in South Florida. And I said to her, look, I'll come to social events. I'll, you know, I'll do whatever I have to do. I said, but I need to find a way to rebuild this business quickly because, you know, now this is fast forward like three or four months into the pandemic because I'm, you know, I'm going to run out of savings at some point. My business was driven by speaking engagements and, and by writing and publishing and doing book events. And there's none of that going on in the pandemic. But Provisors meetings were still happening on Zoom. So Lisa allowed me to be a member. She allowed me to become a member. And that's how I found Provisors. And I immediately took this show, which I was doing as a solo podcast, and I just said, I'm going to interview as many people in Provisors as I can, particularly in the Chicago region, to meet them, find out what they're looking for, and see who I can introduce them to. And that's how I got to know Initially, it was like 130 people, but I reached out to everyone. So I reached out to over 380 people in the Chicagoland region. Some of them I had conversations with. They didn't want to come on the show and be interviewed. And I tried to deliver value to each of them. And Provisors essentially saved my business. That's I mean, I would be probably working for somebody else or 
I don't know what I would be doing. I, maybe I'd be selling vacuum cleaners door to door or something because that's, you know, without the referrals that I got and I got in my first six months in Provisors and I tell people all the time, this is not typical. It's just what happened to me. In my first six months in Provisors, I got, I think, seventy-five, eighty thousand dollars in business and that basically saved my business. It absolutely kept me from having to go do something else. So that's how I found Provisors and that's how I got involved with Provisors in the first place. That's an amazing story, Dave. And I hope that um, our the people that are listening can really you know, relate to it um, and hopefully they can reach out to, to Provisors. Um, now, Nicola, I'm gonna ask you one more question. And this is going back to what we just heard from Dave. Right. Um, so my question is, what advice would you give someone that's looking into this organization that has no idea who we are, um, but really coming from you as a member? What will be your advice? My advice is to speak with other members, get to know some of the members of this organization who are currently serving in it, and you are going to have doors open for you. So for me personally, when I spoke to just even the first few people, I wanted to speak to more people. I asked them about their experience. That was my top question. Tell me about your experience with this organization. What has it done for you personally? And then I started to see the value that this organization was offering to professionals. And that's why I jumped right in and said to you, Erica, I'd like to be a leader of this organization because I realized there's incredible value here on a platform that has national reach and the professionals in this organization are top notch across all different types of professions and backgrounds. And when you realize like what the collective group of professionals is in an organization like this, I think that you, you will really want to become involved. And for me, that happened quickly and I became very involved. You know, what a great advice. Being present and involved is so important in provisors. One more question for Dave. Dave, you're the godfather of growth. You are, people actually view you as someone very respectful in our community. And you really have a lot of friends and provisors. And I think it goes back to the great work that you do. You really focus on giving um, in our community. What can you do? How can you help, right? Um, others, and you always put yourself last um, and put those um, members first. So what motivates you to do a great job? Uh, I appreciate the kind words. Thank you. I guess it's uh, everything in my life changed for me when uh, the, and everybody's probably heard the story. I got I got hit by a cab and, uh, you know, I was I was paralyzed and I didn't know if I was going to uh, be able to walk again. I didn't know if I was going to be able to have kids. I, you know, candidly, I was lucky to be alive. So my entire outlook, my entire approach to everything that I do has changed uh, dramatically since then. My emotions are always very close to the surface, as Nicola can attest. I mean, I am... I am embarrassed by how many times I've almost lost my you know what in front of her and she's you know she probably thinks to herself who the hell is this guy but I try to think about how people feel and what the experience they're having is 
And I try to do everything I can to make sure that if people are going to invest their time in me or they're going to invest their atten their attention in me or they're going to invest in just being my friend, I want them to have the best experience possible. And I want them to think that they're the most important person in the world to me. So taking that approach, like the person that's sitting across from me, whether they're one of our members or you know, somebody like Nicola, who's part of the leadership team in Miami 3 and is now a close friend of mine, I want them to feel how important they are to me. And the best way for me to do that is to think, well, what's, what can I do? Well, how can I deliver value to them? And that's the approach I take improvisers. And it's the, you know, it's the approach that I try to take with my friends. Um, because I don't know, like I, I never leave anything unsaid. You know, I am poor Nicola. I embarrass her so much because I, you know, say stuff about her because I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to do it again. You know, I just don't, I, I, you know, tomorrow isn't promised to me or to anybody. So, you know, you're very kind to say that, but it's always in, you know, in the forefront of my mind, the fact that I can stand here and have this conversation with you. I'm, I'm lucky that I can do that. And I don't know, you know, if I'm going to be able to do it tomorrow. So I want to, I want to tell people how I feel about them and try and make them feel like, they're having they're the most important person in the in the world to me and I can give them the best experience possible. Nicola, I am so grateful that you're part of our community. I really respect your work. I respect you as a person and you have done an amazing job really being um, an ambassador for South Florida. So my question is, what motivates you to do great? I really appreciate the things that you said, Erica. What motivates me really comes from my background. So if, if the, some of the audience heard my story in the first episode of this podcast and my story included my background growing up um, and coming from you know humble beginnings, watching my father build a business really that was actually done in the basement of our home. And my parents made many sacrifices for our education. And so having gone through that experience for me, I always knew, I, I saw them working hard, much like you did, Erica, throughout your life. And I always thought, I don't want to be a burden to them. I want to make sure that I am financially independent and I want to be able to work hard and achieve great things and not worry about the struggle. And so for me, that's really where my motivation comes from is that experience and being able to carry that forward. And, and I do that too by helping others because it's really important to me um, knowing that you know I've had help along the way, including sacrifices made for my education to allow me to do the things that I do today. That is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing, Nicola. Um, I wish I can clone you. This is how wonderful you are. I wish I could clone her too, man, because then I would only have to spend half an hour on the phone with her and I could spend half an hour on the phone with the other person and I wouldn't feel so guilty <laughs> for taking up so much of her time. I want to thank both of you, uh, especially you, Erica, for being such a good sport. I know that it was uh, not the most comfortable thing in the world for us to be asking you all of these questions, but you were great. You did such a great job. So thank you, Erica, for joining us here on the show today. Thank you again, Dave, for having me. And thank you, Nicola. Um, it has been really fun. Erica, 
Jessica. I'm glad you had fun and we really appreciate you joining us and appreciate you sharing so many personal details of your background with us today. All right, folks, that'll do it for this edition of the Inside BS Show. My name is Dave Lorenzo. You can catch us here every day. We try to do an interview at least once a week. This interview was with Erica Buenaventura. She's the regional director for Florida for Provisors. You can find all of her contact information down in the show notes. If you want to become a part of the great community that Nicola, Erica, and I are part of, you can reach out to us here at the show. You can leave a comment down below the show notes, or you can reach out to Erica directly. My name is Dave Lorenzo. I'm the godfather of growth, and I'm here every day with my partner, and her name is... Nikki G. All right, we'll see you again tomorrow, folks. Thanks for joining us. Until then, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.